0: And welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And this is the program where each Sunday we get together and we talk about the news of the week, the events of our lives, and we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of increasing insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape. In other words, (laughs) we fill three hours of airtime. Without the normal BS, Leah Brandon, how are you? That's right.
1: There is no BS. No. Um, I'm doing okay. My personal life is a disaster, but you know what they say?
0: What do they say? When you roll
1: the dice, you pay the price.
0: I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, apparently uh, you've had some relationship issues. Last week, it's almost like this is the disclaimer (laughs) segment of the John and Leah show, (laughs) where we get all of our excuses for having a bad show right out up in front. Uh, Last week, you had undergone surgery, and you were (laughs) under duress because of the medication. Now it's because your romantic life is a disaster, and apparently you've broken up with a boyfriend I didn't even know about. So. (laughs) So I feel very much left out of that drama. Maybe we'll get to hey, that in, in the hour we keep number three. Secrets. Hour number three is normally when we get into the details of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm also under duress. uh Uh-oh. Well, my my life's – my I do change my middle name to frustration. Um, you know, last week I talked about how I'm in an ongoing battle with my cable company, Frontier, the worst company in the history of man <laughs> who has taken over my cable from Verizon. This, this has been a disaster that they have – it put upon people in florida texas and california they they, they took over all these customers all at the same time, without having a clue what they were doing, and it's still right. not right. I, it's been—it's incredible the amount of strain that it is. It seems like a, a trivial thing, like a first-world problem. Oh, your cable and your internet and your television—I <laughs> mean, your telephone—are all screwed up. No, no, no. It's, I mean,
1: look, is, it's how you do your job, number
0: one. Well, that's yeah, but also I got a three-year-old daughter, oh, a wife yeah. who loves television and loves internet. I mean, we've gotten in so many fights over the last two weeks. It's—it's uh, it's been crazy. <laughs> Actually, have to talk to each well, other. Well, that's you know good good point, Leah. That might be part of the problem. Um, <laughs> and then we had something very odd happen today, which you know again is a first world issue, but I think is emblematic of what's going on in our culture. How everything is just falling apart at the seams. We Man. had the side. When the side rear view mirror on a, one of our cars torn off by somebody in a parking lot, and they didn't leave a note, they didn't stick around, they didn't do anything, which ordinarily you wouldn't think is that big of a deal or that much of a surprise. After all, you know, people are selfish and they get away with something, they're going to run oh, away. Yeah. But this was not at a Costco. This was in the parking lot of my golf club. Oh. Right in the middle of every. And there could have been numerous people who saw it. Apparently, no one did. Darn one percenters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, when that stuff is happening at a golf club, there's a problem. I mean, when, yeah. when we've gotten to the point where people, you know, not even to pretend, not even, don't even pretend to have human decency anymore, even at a golf club, when they, you know, by the way, it's not that golfers are any more decent. It's just that there's more to risk. If someone happens to have seen you and you didn't know it, you know, you could get thrown out of the club or be seen as, you know, a pariah or something Where's worse. Where's
1: the surveillance tape?
0: You know, I, I, I don't think that there was any. Um, I, I'm baffled as to how it even happened logistically. All I know is we're never going to know. And uh, so that was It's just one thing after another, and it's a pain in the ass. And it should have been a really fantastic week uh, for a number of reasons. One, which I'll get to momentarily, um, my wife and my daughter and I spent uh, part of my wife's spring break. She's a teacher. In uh, my daughter and my wife's probably second favorite place in the in the world. My wife's favorite place in the world is Yosemite National Park. My daughter's favorite place in the world is San Diego. Uh, mm-hmm. Or Santa Diego, as she likes to say. Um, and, you know. Go f*** yourself, San Diego. Well, that's not nice. Um, <laughs> but
1: One but, of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> um,
0: but, so it should have been a fantastic week. Especially when it started with the John and Leah show. As you well know, Leah, being Mm -hmm. um, named to the Talkers Magazine Top 100 Radio Talk Shows in the Country. That's right. Heavy 100. The Heavy 100. Now, this is allegedly the 100 most powerful radio talk shows in the country. And uh, we made the list, which was a little surprising to me since I think only... Maybe two or maybe three tops weekly shows made the list. I mean, almost every show on the 100 list is a daily show, five right. days a week, because it's based upon your audience and it's supposed to be, you know, how powerful you are. Now, that, it might be an indication of just. How little how power weak everyone is! How weak, <laughs> how weak the industry is! Because <laughs> if this show is one of the top 100 most powerful shows in radio, radio, in is, trouble. We, radio is in big trouble. Because we ain't got no power, I can assure you of that. Um, but we barely made. Well, to say we made the list is a little bit of a misnomer because we, under the you know by the skin of our teeth, we made it. We were 99 out of 100, which still is on the list. We're still on the list. You can check it out at uh, our website, free speech. SpeechBroadcasting.com. There's an article with all the other shows that made the list and a graphic proving so that we're not lying uh, that in fact the, the John and Leah show did make the top list of uh, 100 radio talk shows in the country. And so that was, what, that was what's re- our number? 99. We we were ninety nine. Now the reason why this is particularly funny that we were ninety nine. So as I mentioned, we went on vacation, and this was this was not a vacation that was set up for me. Obviously, nothing is set up for me in my life. It, it's all it's all about my daughter and my wife. But uh, this particularly, not just because I don't I, mean, I like San Diego. I don't I, nothing against San Diego. Go f- yourself, San Diego. Um, n- nothing against San Diego. I like San Diego a lot. Um, it's just that you know it wouldn't have been my first choice. Um, and also we, we went with my wife's parents who are very nice people, but, yes. but they're my wife's parents. They're my in-laws and they're in their seventies. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a grind to put up with them. <laughs> um, but this was my wife's attempt to brag about the John and Leah show being named the talkers magazine heavy hundred. This is, this is what passes it as a compliment from my wife to me. She told okay. her, she told her parents, Hey, John... <laughs> John and Leah's show was ranked 99th out of 100 radio talk shows. <laughs> that's that's the compliment. Now, trying to ex- hey, close enough. Trying to explain, trying to explain to my in-laws anything is already a difficult task. But when you start off with what You got ranked 99th out of 100, and this is good. You're doing great, there, Ziggler. This is the guy. You, your wife, you married. You married a winner. Yeah, you really, you really did great in the marriage department. All right, so uh, that's what I get. That's what passes as a compliment, even on a good, with a good thing happening, which is very rare in my life. Uh, you know, this was a, an honor. Most people consider it an honor to be on this list. Uh, at least in my world, it somehow turned into your 99th out of 100. Um, so that's my life, ladies and gentlemen. Now, hey,
1: congratulations!
0: Thanks. You so beat much. someone. Well, we actually, it's a quite of an amazing uh, achievement if, if anyone actually cared about reality uh, for a weekly nighttime Sunday night show to be on that list. But, um, you know, I think it is, as you indicated, an indication of the the pathetic Weakness nature of the industry. Of the <laughs> <laughs> the ind- it's our competition that's so bad. That's how we somehow, they, they barely could come up with 100 uh, radio shows to, to name on <laughs> the heavy 100 right. list. And that's Who's why we're
1: on during the weekend. Right. Anybody? We're,
0: we're on 99. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. All right, so uh, you can check that out again at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now, speaking of my uh, trip to San Diego, actually La Jolla, uh, I do want to tell a story uh, that I think people are going to find very interested uh, because uh, the beach that we were inhabiting for most of the week uh, has been invaded by a, uh, a group of um I'll just refer to them as undocumented and hmm. I think this is em- I'm not surprised I, and I, I need to um, I need to tell the story because it's emblematic of a lot of stuff that's going on uh, not just here in California but throughout this formerly great nation of ours and we'll do that when we come back. You're listening to the John and Leah Show if you ever have trouble sleeping do yourself a favor folks and listen up it might just change your life i know it had a big impact on mine i'm talking about using my pillow you may have seen my pillows owner mike lindell on their tv commercials well my pillow is fit just for you the kind of sleeper you are on your back or your side or how big or small you are i love my pillow and my wife and daughter use theirs as well obviously a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one My Pillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, Leah, I spent most of this week supposedly in San Diego according to my 3-year-old daughter, um, but technically in La Jolla. Now, La Jolla. I
1: love La Jolla.
0: It's a beautiful place. <clears throat> it's oh. um, it's where Tory Pines is uh, where Tiger Woods won his last a major golf championship. It's, um, it's known for its coves. There's at least two in La Jolla that are, are perfect little beaches that have been created partially by man, partially by nature into beach coves. And it's been several years since I went, and boy has it changed. In the one beach where we have frequented, because our hotel was literally across the street. On By the way, the, the land on the coast there used to be owned by Dr. Seuss. Oh, is that right? And it was donated after his death, and it's absolutely gorgeous, right on the beachfront. And anyway, what I found interesting was how and why the beach experience at this one cove had changed so dramatically in about the last five years since I had last gone there. And here's what basically has happened, that the beach cove there has been invaded. It's been invaded by a group of brown-skinned intruders, Mm. who do not speak English. In fact, they don't even try to speak English. They're often very, very loud. Uh, mm. They've got no documentation. <laughs> they have been given legal status by the federal government, and they pay no taxes at all. They oh, have yeah. slowly, over time, taken over the beach, often sleeping on the beach because they have nowhere else to go. They leave a mess and they don't even give a damn that they've left a mess because it's not their land. They don't even care. They're not the ones paying for it. But the citizens uh, uh, of you know the United States and the, those that, who normally would be using the beach, at least used to, well, last time I was there, they've slowly ceded the beach to these intruders. They are afraid yeah. of being politically incorrect or even breaking a law by using a beach that they pay for via their taxes. Well, the sheer numbers of these can be frightening. Well, it's true. And these invaders have now effectively taken control of the beach. Now, of course, in case you're confused, I'm referring to the sea lion population, uh, which has totally, completely changed the beach experience. And it's it's hilarious and tragic at the same time, Leah. Now, I know you're an animal lover. I love them, um, but I, I'm so I'm particularly curious as to your reaction to my semi-sarcastic diatribe there with the obvious allusions to illegal immigration because it's a lot like illegal illegal immigration because it's <laughs> at first it starts off as well this is not that big of a problem you know Yet it on. only
1: costs us a little bit of a beach right yeah I mean, and not come the on. entire federal government
0: right. yeah I mean. Well, but now it's the whole beach, and now no one goes in the water. And by the way, the second cove is even worse. This is absolutely comically, in my view, hilarious. The second cove is actually called the children's pool because the way it's configured, there's no waves. So it's safe for children to go in and Ah. and not have to worry about getting bowled over by a wave or if they don't really know how to swim. They're not strong swimmers. So there's a sign now. In front of this, this what they call the children's pool that says "Welcome to the children's pool." Please share it with our sea lion friends. Now that would would be—I don't have a problem with that. Okay, except you're not letting me finish. (laughs) The beach is closed for half the year so that the sea lions can have their children on it. Well, and, it's the children's pool. Oh, yeah, but not human. I'm talking about human children. It's supposed to be human <laughs> children, not the, the children of sea lions. And then, by the way, the other half of the year, when that children's pool is actually open and you're supposed to share it, you're not sharing it. Because now the sea lions think it belongs to them. And it's completely inundated. So it's, it's logistically impossible. No one wants to go on the beach, and you're afraid to. Because, by the way, those sea lions can be a little They're scary, huge. especially the kids. So, here we have a situation where, because environmental wackos want to protect these sea lions. By the way, the fish are now gone. You used to be able to go snorkeling and and see all sorts of, you know, Garibaldis and all sorts of beautiful little fish. They're all gone. Why? Because the sea lions have eaten them. Because they're they're smart enough to realize we need to get the hell out of Dodge because this is sea lion territory now. The humans used to just look at us funny. Now we get eaten. So, um, what's your take on this, Leah, as an animal lover? Okay,
1: as an animal lover, look. Hey, let him have the beach. Come on what? down to Gulf Shores. Oh. It's
0: beautiful. I, I expected more from you on this, Leah. I am so, I should have known better. The animal lover always wins out on Leah you Brandon's bet. brain. All right, mm. when we come back, we'll talk about the, uh, the GOP race, what we like to refer to as two-and-a-half men, on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeech.com. Broadcasting.com and each week we take a look at the race for the White House 2016. We begin With the GOP side, as we normally do, and we now refer to the GOP race as, if it was a comedy show, which it obviously is, it ought to be called Two and a Half Men, uh, for obvious reasons, since uh, Kasich is there, but you're not really sure why. Um, And I will explain, uh, if you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, why it is that Donald Trump is still the prohibitive favorite to be the GOP nominee. I have not bought into what is becoming the conventional wisdom Uh, that he will somehow have this taken away from him, depending on how you look at it, whether it was, in his words, quote-unquote, will be stolen or whether someone else will outwork him, i.e. Ted Cruz. I'll explain why probably in the next segment, but before we get to the nuts and bolts of where we are in the race and where we're headed with the New York primary coming up this week, uh, oftentimes on this show we have something called uh, Six Degrees of John Ziegler, And we also, um, we we feel kind of obligated whenever there is a six degrees of John Ziegler moment to discuss it. But we also like to talk about situations that involve media malpractice and subjects that nobody else is talking about. So with all of that understood, we have to discuss something that occurred with Donald Trump when he spoke in Pittsburgh this week. Mm -hmm. Now, for backdrop, uh, for those who are unaware... Uh, I have been involved in what is referred to as the Penn State scandal for about the last four and a half years. I know more about it than anybody on the planet. That's not figurative. That's literal. And one of the people who one of the hundreds and hundreds of people I have had interaction with on this case happens to be Donald Trump. And do you remember, Leah Brandon, uh, what happened when I met Donald Trump backstage at the Today Show after uh, I had been involved in a Today Show interview with Matt Lauer? And Trump happened to be there the next day, and I was there to have breakfast with Lauer's producer. And Trump had been one of the only celebrities Mm -hmm. who had been supportive publicly of Joe Paterno. And felt that he had gotten railroaded, which he absolutely was, in the whole so-called Penn State scandal. Do you remember the nature of that conversation I had with Donald Trump?
1: I don't remember the conversation. I know he sent you an email or wanted to know if you wanted his autograph following that.
0: Well, it's funny that that's the part you remember. Because a couple (laughs) weeks ago we actually discussed, I was talking about... What I think Trump believes is his path to 270 electoral college votes. And yeah. I told you he thinks he can win Pennsylvania. And, Correct. I, and I know this because when we had our very short conversation, all he talked about, it was, it was so Trumpian. I couldn't have made it up if I wanted to. It couldn't have been Trumpier if I wanted to make it Trumpier. All <laughs> he talked about when I thanked him for his public stance in supporting Joe Paterno was how the people of Pennsylvania love him.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's all. Yes, everyone there loves him. Everybody that's in
0: Pennsylvania loves me. Mm-hmm. So he th- that's right and he thinks it's because of his support of Joe Paterno. Now I'm not sure either of those two things are true, but this is Trump's world we're talking about, right? So, so Mr. Trump, right? Reality doesn't necessarily <laughs> play a, a strong role in any of this. It's all what's in his brain. Right. So uh, I could not have been more vindicated in my view that Trump thinks that Pennsylvania loves him. Uh, then what happened this week? Um, because he went to Pittsburgh. Now, to be clear, Pittsburgh is nowhere near Penn State. It's about a four-hour drive, the give or take, uh, though there's no easy way to get there because I've done it, uh, from State College, Pennsylvania, where Penn State is, to Pittsburgh. But he's in Pittsburgh, and he, you know, it's his radio, so you're not going to be able to see this. But if you did, he's got a piece of paper, and it's almost like he's doing a, a crowd warm-up for his own stump speech, you know what I'm saying? That where, in other words, he's got some bullet points right. that are specific to Pittsburgh or to Pennsylvania that he wants to warm the crowd up with before he goes into his, his boilerplate. And if the crowd gets bored, he goes into the how he's going to build the most beautiful wall in the world, and Mexico is going to pay for it. <laughs> and that's his boilerplate. That is his go to. Right, he goes to whenever the crowd gets bored. He said it himself. So, um, so the reality is he's he's warming up the crowd, and he casually. Yes, it's very casual, and he's kind of reading Mm -hmm. off this list like he's going through it you know, point by point. And he gets to Joe Paterno, and he – now, again, it's weird that he's doing this in Pittsburgh. To me, it's an indication he doesn't really understand. Have any
1: idea what's going
0: (laughs) on. (laughs) Right, doesn't really fully understand. It kind of reminded me – it's not quite as bad because there are a lot of Penn State people in Pittsburgh. But it's almost like in 2008, during the 2008 campaign, when Sarah Palin – After the Philadelphia Phillies had won the World Series, she was in Erie, Pennsylvania, and she started a speech with a shout-out to the Philadelphia Phillies, congratulating the crowd on the Phillies having won the World Series, which Mm -hmm. is pretty hilarious since Erie and Philadelphia are like six hours away from each other, although when you're the governor of Alaska, a six-hour drive is like the next city over.
1: Piece of cake.
0: (laughs) Not a big deal. So anyway, here is Donald Trump, and there's a reason why this is important, because the news media completely butchered this. In, in a way that was hysterical and although all too common. It's his fault though. I will agree. This is how this is how Donald Trump very inartfully <laughs> refers to his support of Joe Paterno, who it's important to point out has been dead for over four years now. There's what it sounded like in Pittsburgh this week. How's Joe Paterno? We gonna bring that back? Right? How about how about that whole how about that whole deal? And we do love Penn State. Do we love Penn State? I mean, in all fairness, we love Penn State, but we love Pittsburgh, right? All right. So that's Donald Trump. And I can understand why the completely uneducated person. I love the poorly educated. I can understand why the the uneducated person would be confused by that. How's um,
1: Joe Paterno? What about that whole thing? Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> now, if you know if you know that Trump has been publicly supportive of Paterno and believes that mm-hmm. it was a railroad job on Paterno, and you know that Joe Paterno's statue has been Put away in storage somewhere, and there's a mystery around where it is, and there's right. a there's a there's an effort to try to bring it back because it should be back because he didn't do anything wrong, and the NCAA has uh, effectively even acknowledged that by restoring all of the the sanctions that had been uh, put on Penn State and on Joe Paterno, taking away his wins. Well, all that's now gone. It's back uh, as if it never happened. So if you but know him. if you know all that, you're right. It did kill him. If you know mm-hmm. all that, as I do, I mean, I didn't even need to see or hear it. I'm out uh, with my family at dinner, and people are bombarding me with messages that that Trump has said this. And I knew immediately he was referring not to Joe Paterno, but to the statue. He was referring to the statue of Joe. Are we going to bring that back? Okay? Now, he said it incredibly inartfully. I mean – He did. You know what? He
1: assumed – that the people right. since they're in Pittsburgh right. would know exactly what he's talking about.
0: Bingo. And but that's where his ego gets involved here. Because it's Donald Trump. He thinks every, I told you in our conversation, this all goes back to our conversation backstage at the Today Show. He <laughs> thinks that everybody in Pennsylvania knows that he has been supportive of Joe Pedro. I can I can assure you, not even everybody in state college knows it, but people in Pittsburgh don't know it, and probably don't even care. And they probably don't at this point even remember Joe Paterno. What? what, uh, Huh? Isn't he dead? Well, among those who are very poorly educated, uh, incredibly poorly educated... I love the poorly educated. um, ...are the news media. And the news media responded to this in in such a classic way. I mean, I, I could write volumes of a book. Uh, about how they reacted. I don't. You you have been on vacation, so you've been out of it. But uh, there have been there were dozens, dozens of stories that were written before Trump even ended his speech. Leah, mm. on major publications, not just tweets. There were t- plenty of tweets, but these were actual stories with the headline some derivative of Trump doesn't realize Joe Paterno is dead. All right. That was the storyline. That's what the news media got out of this. The the moronic news media. And these I mean these people are so stupid. It is it is unfathomable to me. And and, and frankly it's not a conspiracy. It's just they're that dumb. They really are dumb. And they're not just dumb, but they're on a deadline. And they feel as if they have to get everything out instantaneously. So you have a bunch of morons with no knowledge. I guarantee you none of these people even knew that Trump had taken this position uh, supporting Joe Paterno at all. Um, In their minds, Joe Paterno was the devil because none of them know the the (laughs) essence. of. And forget about the essence of the story. They don't know anything about the details of the story. They just know Penn State bad, Joe Paterno bad, Jerry Sandusky evil. That's all they know. And so they put this through their, their little tiny brains and out pops, oh my gosh, uh, in, in the continuing Sarah Palinization of Donald Trump, Donald Trump doesn't realize that Joe Paterno is dead. Now, you could I can understand why you might have that question based upon how poorly Trump stated it, all right? I'll acknowledge that. But here's what I don't get. Why don't you wait? Why don't you wait until the end of the speech? and get some sort of clarification, right? I mean, it's a legitimate question. I, oh, no,
1: because he needs to be destroyed up front.
0: Well, and this, also, even
1: if they did know that he supported the whole Joe Paterno thing, I don't know that that would have stopped them from writing these stories. He handed them a gift.
0: I, you see, I, I don't think that they're that as conspiratorial as you think that they are. I, I, I understand that that's their motivation and that's what they want. That's the story they want to write. I think it's more about we got to get this out now. We got to get it fast because it's you know getting late at night. No one's going to care. It's for, you know got to be first. Got to be first. Got to be first. Who cares about clarification? And by the way, I'm so smart. And this is what really bugs me. With most of the news media, you have incredibly stupid people, mm-hmm. but who are also so unbelievably arrogant, they not only don't even realize their own stupidity and, and their ignorance, they think they're the smart ones. They, yes. think, they think, well, my God, how could anybody not realize that Joe Paterno was dead? They think that they have more knowledge than Trump does on the issue when it's exactly the opposite this you know what it's another I've referenced Sarah Palin a couple times already it's it, not only is this the palinization of Trump because now everything he says is presumed to be idiotic until proven otherwise but you know Sarah Palin made it was a very similar situation when Palin famously told Charlie Gibson you mm-hmm. can see Russia from land here in Alaska remember yes. that Yes, Which is an absolute fact. It's a fact, but it's a fact that most people in the country and most media morons don't know. So they presume that they're intellectually superior, when in fact, they're actually ignorant. And so they mock something that was a fact. Well, it's a very similar situation here. Trump knew exactly what was going on with Joe Paterno, far better than any of these media morons. He said it artfully, and sure enough, shockingly, <laughs> his spokesperson immediately uh, clarified, uh, yeah, dummies, he was referring to the statue, thus the word that. Why, why, how else would you use the word bring that back if, if he was referring to a human being? That, that's right. idiotic. But he that's
1: just the- said hows Joe Paterno. That was the
0: problem. Now, I understand, again, poorly worded, but if you understood the context, it was obvious that's the only thing he could have possibly been referring to. But this is where we are with the news media in general and specifically with regard to Donald Trump. They are going to give him this kind of scrutiny from here until the time he's out of the race. Oh, yeah. and, and and that's why I'm so convinced that Hillary will be the next president of the United States. When we come back, um, some more detail on where we are on the GOP side and where we're headed on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. My name is John Ziegler. My co host is Leah Brandon. Together we make up the John and Leah Show. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, Leah, one last thing on the Donald Trump Joe Paterno story, because I I, I forgot to uh, address what seems to be your favorite part of the story. Um, And it it actually came (laughs) up uh, when this uh, comment was made by him that the media immediately misinterpreted to mean that he didn't know that Joe Paterno was dead. As I tried while well, having dinner in, in La Jolla – actually, we're in Old Town, San Diego um, – I was trying to respond to all these media morons by <laughs> to explain to them, um, yo, uh, Trump was referring to the statue. Here's how I know. And I would send them a link to a story I did for my website, the <laughs> uh, framingpaterno.com, which right. you would think would be rather definitive because here's the story. The story is after we met backstage at the Today Show – um, I emailed his assistant. I said, here are a couple of links for Mr. Trump to take a look at. Now, Trump doesn't do email. Apparently, right. he never, never does email. Which but is what, weird. Which is a little weird. But what he does do, which is even weirder, <laughs> is that he will take particular emails that he's interested in, and he will write little notes on them and sign them, which is what he did with my email to his assistant. Now, here's the weird part. His assistant asked me whether or not I would like a copy of my email with the, Mr. Trump's note and his signature. It was a very nice note, you know, keep up the battle for the truth, and his signature. And I'm, and I'm thinking, he's basically offering me his autograph. So what the <laughs> hell? Send it to me. So I he sends it to me. I make a copy of it. I put it up on the website. And so you would think that this is as good a definitive proof as you could possibly get that Trump exactly. is well-educated on the subject of Joe Paterno. I mean, it's on the framing of Joe Paterno website. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't be more clear. And yet, and yet, the funny part, funny, huh? not uh, you know, just weird funny, just infr- incredibly frustrating funny, is that none of these media morons ever looked at it and went, oh, I was wrong. Obviously, he's referring to the statue here. He's clearly educated on the subject. Not one, not no, one. Well, because what, what it, doesn't what it doesn't matter. What more proof? What more proof could I possibly come up with? It doesn't
1: matter. You're trying to muddle the message. Yeah. The message isn't whether or not he's guilty or innocent. The message is he dead or alive. And no, obviously,
0: Trump has no idea. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. It, it, the way put it another way, I, I'm messing with a narrative they liked. You know, yes. don't, don't bother us with the facts. We have the right. narrative we like. Uh-huh. The narrative we sorry, sorry, sir, we've already decided on our <laughs> narrative for tonight. We don't need any damn facts. So you know, go go away. Um, is basically the, the response of these media morons who have unbelievable amounts of arrogance. Okay, now with regard to where we are in the race, I'm a big believer, Leah Brandon, that um, oftentimes in life whether it's public life or private life, the most important things that occur are actually things that don't happen. Mm. When I'm, in other words, the, the phone call that you don't get for a job or a date or whatever it is. You know, Oftentimes, si- oftentimes silence is more impactful than things that actually occur. I and, understand. And what I'm referring to there is in the last two weeks, something really odd has not happened. And what I mean by that is Ted Cruz has not surged at all in the polls. Right. That's in, true. In fact, he's retreated. Uh, and he's not just retreating in New York. That would be expected because of the whole New York values thing and the fact that, you know, let's face it, Ted Cruz does not play well in New York. I, I get that. But I'm also talking about places like Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, and nationally, and here in California. There has been zero Cruz surge in And there has been a significant amount of Cruz retreat at a time when you would think the opposite was going to happen. He's coming off of a massive victory in Utah and Mm -hmm. in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. uh, with no Trump victories in between. And yet there has been no surge. And I'm now back to the belief that Ted Cruz is basically Rick Santorum On maybe a little bit of steroids because of the nature of the Trump campaign, the nature of the fact that we're down to two and a half men, and the fact that, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of people who are panicked about Donald Trump possibly being the GOP nominee. Do you see what I'm saying here? Do you uh, you think that all – are the numbers all going to Trump? Are some of them going to Kasich? Some are going to Kasich, but it's also going to Trump. Trump has actually had an extraordinarily good – week of polling on the GOP side. He continues to suck wind on the on the general election side against Hillary Clinton. But it is amazing to me. And I and I have two explanations for why this is occurring. And I want you to get give you give me your assessment of this. Number one, I think that the National Enquirer story had some effect. Not much. Probably. Not much, but there are a lot of people that believe the National Enquirer, whether they deserve to be believed or not. And in, there's some indication that in you know the Southeast, Cruz has actually been hurt the most, which is where you might expect him to be hurt the most if people started to believe that he was a, uh, a philanderer, an adulterer. I also believe, and this might be more uh, impactful, I also believe that the perception of him stealing delegates – I know he didn't do that, but that's nope. I mean, that's been the perception in places like Colorado and Wyoming and now maybe Georgia and now maybe Florida yes. – all of this, I think, is doing exactly what I thought would have happened, although Trump hasn't really facilitated it that much. And that is, he was going to lose his anti establishment street cred as the establishment rallied around him to save them from Trump. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so do you think, which of those do you think, or is it both? Or am I on the right track here?
1: You know, honestly, I think it's now that there's fewer candidates. Ted Cruz is out there more, I think his delivery turns people off. I swear I think that's what it is.
0: That could be reason number three. Hour number two of the John and Leah show coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.